The musky air of the theatre once again bombarded my nostrils. I loved it nearly as dearly as I loved the smell of pollen in spring. The spring air did not demand so much from me. I could still remember a little bit of the time before demands. They were good, and the musky air meant the possibility of a return to that. Sometimes in my wicked abandon, I even felt that carefree ecstasy in my performance. But I, I wasn't performing today, unfortunately. No, I had been relegated to the role of producer and designer. Two jobs I would have normally loved, but... Eric was already walking up towards me with the usual pessimistic scowl about him. Good morning, Zal. You're a bit late. Anticipation, sir. Always you with the anticipation. Oh, you know how important this day will be to me. And I know how important it will be to my estate. That's why, Zal, your usual flighty nature is doing us no favors. The plans have to be carefully laid out day after day, even today. We can't have a break from practice in organization today, or it might all go south. And what do you will all be fine. We're more watching the machine now than tune in. Even still, Zal, I'm nervous. And I am too. But we better carry out this conversation behind the stage. We could have had it out here if you had been on time. Oh, whatever. We have time enough before the performance. The people who are already here are probably drunks who wanted a more sophisticated place to sleep in the morning than just lying about on the park benches. The ushers will deal with them. Okay, fine. Whatever. I would have tossed them out an hour ago, but they all had tickets, and I didn't want to call the officers yet. Indeed, wouldn't have been wise. But, like I said, we can continue our work behind the stage. Make sure even if one of our audience members is peeping, they won't get any spoilers about the play. So we walked back into the only dressing room which wasn't filled by one of our friends frantically rehearsing their lines. Would have been Ivan's room, I suppose, but... He was even more of a tardy disposition than me. What did matter? He was the understudy anyways. Well, began Eric, taking a crumpled up sheet of paper from his pocket. The seat plan? <sighs> you wish to tinker with the chart again? We've already set everything up. All the relations necessary to keep drama from boiling up before the performance is over. The Libertons in the East Wing, Holmneers in the West. Harold up by the aisles to accommodate for his bladder. We've covered all the necessary details. What did you need to speak about? Eric's eyes boggled out at me in the distressed way they did towards anything he found even mildly unpleasant. But, Zhao, the whole point of the show... Lady Mesra? My palm collided with my face in spectacular fashion. Are you... By the celestial cage, thank you for reminding me. She was the only one of the reserved tickets we hadn't charted out. You told me specifically that we weren't to decide it until today. Right, right. So there's there's only a few spots open, right? Right. Five, to be precise. And she's still not coming with her husband? According to all local gossip, the answer's still no. Good, good. Then we've got it set up. Excuse me. Set up? Sal, are you sick in the head? I let out a light-hearted chuckle. No, indeed. Whichever spot it was, sit her behind the man in disguise. The man in... what? Sorry. Did you say disguise? 
Why, yes, of course, I did say in disguise. Your ears are working fine. There's someone in disguise here? Why? Are they on to us? They're your agent? Probably not. But didn't you see that man up there? Heavy set, big, burly mustache, almost comically twisted? That's a disguise. The mustache? Sure, the mustache. But why are we seating Lady Mesmer behind him? Well, we want tonight to be interesting for our dear guests, do we not? I guarantee you that the man will provide more than enough of that for our dear lady and the rest of the crowd. So there are plans. Does it look like the man is a creature of branches, leaves, and chlorophyll? Brush your eyes off, sir. You must have sleep sand still in them. That's not the kind of plant I meant, sir, with all due respect. I know what kind of plant you meant. And no, probably not. Let's make this clear. I do not know who that person is either, save that they're obviously not who they say they are simply by virtue of the mustache and that odd musculature. Perhaps the lad has been extremely unlucky in the lottery of life to have so many features distorted in comical and incompatible ways, but I doubt it. Did you see that hungry glare in its eyes? What... what was he even looking at? Something. Nothing. They look as though they're contemplating the nutritional value of the floorboards, do they not? I, I suppose, sir. To my stomach or to yours, they would provide not even enough calories for the process of digestion itself. But to that creature, it's something more. If the plan doesn't go off, perhaps that beast's hunger will be enough for him to do our jobs for us. But what if... what if it's nothing? Shouldn't we place her further away from the stage in one of the boxes? Uh, Jax will have a clearer shot then, less targets to get her eyes clouded. Ah, uh, but my dear friend, when life hands you an opportunity such as this, you do not, as a rule, pass it up. It's rare that the gods actively smile upon you, particularly in our trade. But it seems the twins still love us so, even as we scheme. You know the saying about the gift horse? You... The gift horse? You, you don't look in the mouth? Why? I've never tended to horses. A horse's value is in its teeth. Bad teeth means it won't live long. But since you received it for free, you make use of it no matter how bad its teeth are or how old it is. You abuse it until even the best of the gift horse teeth break. You're suggesting we capture it? No, I'm suggesting... Just give me the floor plan. All of them. Jax will have a hard time. Screw Jax. You follow my lead. Today is the day. The final day. Make sure your bags zip tight before you leave. It had been a long while since I'd seen one of my Azelmore friends. I winked at the man with his false skin, hungry eyes, and greasy hair. He winked back, albeit it was evident that he still hadn't managed the art of maneuvering his skin. So it rather lacked the sass one once in a wink. The best part of it was that even the Azamora friend had no idea about the outcome of tonight. Things were falling into place even more perfectly than we had planned. Little Gregory was about to inherit for himself quite an estate, and our surgical implement trade was about to get quite the boost in sales, so long as the Holy Waters didn't decide to go on a commandeering spree. As for myself... As soon as little Eric hurried off to introduce the ushers to the new floor plan, 
I scurried off to my quarters. I heaved in a breath of musty air, hoping to the twins that I'd get to see the place again when everything blew over. But my security and return were not to be godsends, no, not at all. Such was to be a matter of will and wit. I took the syringe from my bag. There was barely enough of the viscous blue liquid in there to fill a thimble. An expensive commodity, but it would be enough. My arms did not tremble as I raised it straight onto my left arm's major vein, stabbed down, and released the deadly stuff straight into my own blood system. Now, all I had to do was remove my mustache.